I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football and NFL podcast. And now video cast as well. You can hear the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And also you can see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way to see it right there at the bottom of your screen, KramerandBrill.com. Now, during the offseason, each week we're taking a look at each NFL team. This week we're going to explore the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This week our guest is Joey Knight, who covers the Tampa Bay Bucks for the Tampa Bay Times. Joey, welcome to Kramer and Brill. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Pleasure Uh, to be here. Looking forward to it. It's difficult, you know, for some folks to swallow that in one season, the Bucs added Tom Brady and the Gronk and took the Super Bowl trophy. So before we get to the coming season, why don't you recap the season briefly for us, which I guess is actually pretty easy. Yeah, they were going into 2020. A lot of people thought they were only one or two pieces away from from contending for a Super Bowl. So they brought in those pieces and we know who they all are. Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette. Problem was those guys hadn't played together. And because of COVID, they had no conventional offseason, no preseason games. And they were learning on the fly going into that season opener at New Orleans. Bruce Arians will tell you, we still didn't know what we were doing. So it took time for for those pieces to gel and just to learn the Bucs system. And, you know, we saw what happened. Tom Brady got his bearings. Rob Gronkowski got his bearings. Antonio Brown, who came in with a lot of baggage, came in in November, added another component. They won eight in a row, won the Super Bowl. And that's a franchise record win streak. And they carry that win streak into 2021. That was a good recap. Hey, Joey, um, so – Regarding Tom Brady and what he brought or didn't bring and the, the impact he had on the team, it wasn't a traditional, didn't look like anyway, start to finish, just bottom to top, run through the, the schedule and on to the Super Bowl. Can you break down kind of maybe the uh, up and down nature of the season just as it relates to Tom, uh, Tom Brady? Yeah, uh, and, and like I kind of alluded to before, he was still learning things going into that season opener at New Orleans. He was still learning about Byron Leftwich, his offensive coordinator. They had to get on the same page. And all those things took time, developing a clairvoyance with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and, you know, even Antonio Brown, who they, who they brought in in midseason. It just takes time. It's a process, as you know, well know, Eric. And I think that bye week, the bye week came late in the season probably the second latest bye week in franchise history. I did a story on it very late in November. They really took advantage of that bye week. And Tom and Byron seemed just to seem to click after that. And by then Antonio Brown was on board and things just, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of time. And I think that bye week was critical in helping them get their bearings. And Tom was very critical in the locker room. Obviously we're not privy to the locker room, but everything we've heard is he just told these guys, Hey, if you do this and this, if we stick with this process, we won't lose another game and darned if they did not lose another game. So not only did Tom Brady bring Tom Brady, but he brought the confidence that comes with having the greatest of all time in your huddle. And as that win streak started, confidence built and this was a team not only that was immensely talented but immensely confident down the stretch and it's all you know it all stems back to number 12. You know this is a quarterback who I believe 
he may be the only quarterback who's won a Super Bowl in two different conferences. And now he comes in, and we all know the toughest thing to do in sports is actually to repeat as a Super Bowl champion. So right. moving forward, what does this look like? This team's a year older. Gronk's a year older. Uh, key piece, Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown, whatever that means. And now we're out of that COVID year and where there's more distractions and more things happening. What's it look like to you going into the second year? Can they pull, pull this and hold it all together? It's going to sound crazy, but I think they may be even a little bit better. Really? Because they are the only team in the salary cap era to return all 22 starters. The only Super Bowl champion in the salary cap era to return all 22 starters. No other Super Bowl champion has returned everyone since the 1976 Raiders of John Madden. So this is kind of unprecedented turf that we're walking on here. Not only that, they brought back all three of their specialists, their kicker, their punter, their long snapper. In addition to that, every coordinator is back. This is basically the same team. And now they know what they're doing. They've got a year of the Byron Leftwich system, a year of the system of defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, master. They know what they're doing. And evidence of that was their recent mandatory minicamp, three days. They just, they just look really sharp. And, you know, I'm, I've never played in the NFL, but I've watched the NFL for the better part of my 53 years. I, I, I know what looks good and what doesn't. And those guys look great at that mini camp. It looked like they could have gone out and played the Dallas Cowboys the following week. So, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in terms of injuries. You don't know the intangibles, what could happen, but on paper, everything lines up for them to be even better this year. Uh Joey, hey, no offense here, but Bob, it sounds like for the first time I ever remember listening to a member of the media, sounds like he works for the PR department at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> <Love> <laughs> Trust me, man. That's, no, that's <laughs> a first. I love that. Um, I get it. I just, they, they looked really good at that mini camp. And, you know, it's like I said, it's kind of unprecedented terrain. Everybody's back. All the coaches are back. Now they lost a a few staffers here and there to, to other jobs and they lost them two or three backups, but even some critical backups, especially on the offensive line return, it's, it's basically the same team. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I get your enthusiasm because I remember in the basketball and NBA pro, uh, season where the season got shortened and then you've got the bubble situation and everyone, a lot of the talk was how, Shouldn't there be an asterisk on this season because it's not going to be it's going to be easier than the other ones? In fact, some people came out and said, no, it might have an asterisk because it's harder than the other season because mm -hmm. you've got the COVID and you've got this bubble situation. That's all of which many of which things, as in the NFL, never occurred before. And so I think it's going to be interesting this year because not only have you got now, you know, you didn't have an offseason before. Now it looks like the players have proved to the owners we don't need an offseason. Mm -hmm. They're making up this issue about this COVID thing as though, it, as though it's standing in the way, which it's not. Right. And, um, and now you've got a lowered salary cap, and yet the, the Buccaneers were able to manage to get everybody back, as you said. And now you've got, like Bob had pointed out, if it was a normal season, it would be hard to repeat. And now you've got all of that added on to it as well. So, and you've got somebody Bob failed to mention that got older was Tom Brady. 
right. where the story was he's going to play to his 45. Now I hear it's 50. So uh, <laughs> there seems to be no end to this. Well, so. that, that, that means that you, you might be able to come back, uh, at least in a backup role. <laughs> <laughs> I've already passed that border as well. So. <laughs> well, if he's going to play till he's 50, he's still a spring chicken because he doesn't turn 44 until August. So he's still got I, some trade on this. I love it. So how do you how would you how would you describe Bruce Arians now after he's brought what this, his first but the second Super Bowl to Tampa Bay, and now you've got the team all back together. They look to be the favorite in the NFC. Um, how does how does has his demeanor or outlook at all? Or his presence at practice. I don't know if you guys have been privy to all that. Has it changed in some way? I think he's reinvigorated. That's one thing. You know, Bruce is 68 or 69. And he signed a five-year deal with the Buccaneers. And this is his third year. And people would wonder if he would even fulfill his contract. But I think Tom Brady and the guys around him have given him new coaching life. That said, he has made it very clear that this – am I allowed to curse on this podcast? Because – he has said this team has not done squat. And he said that more than once. So that's kind of his mantra, his preseason message. You know, it may be all the same players, but this is a different team and it's going to have different challenges going into 2021. So he's been, he has reinforced that message more than once that this team hasn't done, you know what. So I, I think he's doing all he can just to keep, you know, to, these guys are professionals. They know they haven't done anything yet. They know it's a different team, but Bruce has really gone out of his way to reinforce that. To answer your question, Joy, yes, you can run off the mouth. Bob does all the time. I, 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 I've been, you know, leaving stuff out for 50 years. So it's like, you know. Uh, Just consider the steal of season this year. You should have heard of it. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, we can talk about Kyle Trask here in a minute, but I, I want to look at the draft. Uh, and out of the seven picks in the draft, uh, the number one pick was a linebacker, and they had three linebacker picks. Is that the weak spot of this team, if there is one? Well, the the defensive front and the edge is probably where they're a little long in the tooth. They've got three guys on the defensive front, including Domicon Sue, who is well over 30. So that's where um, that's what, what they've got to address at some point. Problem was it wasn't a terribly deep year for, for defensive linemen this season. So they opted to go and uh, develop some depth at, at edge rusher because, you know, Todd Rolls runs that 3-4. Jason Pierre-Paul is not getting any younger. He's past 30, and he's coming up off an off-season knee procedure. So I think they look at Joe Tryon, the, their first-round pick from Washington, as a guy who can kind of be the heir apparent to Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, Levante David, an inside backer, um, has been with this team for a decade. I believe he's the elder statesman on the roster, either him or William Golston, but I think Levante's got him beat a little bit. He's, he's closing in on a decade with the Bucks, and he's still playing as well as ever, but he, he, he's pushing 30 as well. So they, they brought in a, a, a young kid from Auburn, KJ Britt, team captain at Auburn, just a a fierce hitter by all accounts, a, a middle guy, a guy you can plant in the middle of that three, four, not a ton of mobility on the outside, but somebody you can put in the middle there. And they, um, they had another draft choice out of, out of Houston, uh, kind of the, the Mr. Irrelevant guy who's a kind of a special teams enforcer, but yeah, 
Um, that's if you're looking at where they're long in the tooth, it's that defensive front and outside on the edge and at linebacker in that, in that three, four. You know, bring up that, or, or reiterate, I guess, that, that the Tampa Bay got all their 22 starters back, including specialists. And yet they add quietly anyway, to me, Giovanni Bernard. Yep. And what kind of impact do you think he's going to have this year in the running back? position tremendous impact because if there was one weakness in that running back room none of those guys caught the ball especially well consistently Leonard Fournette got better late in the season and then the playoffs he really stepped up but throughout the year they had trouble with those guys catching the ball out of the backfield and that's a Tom Brady staple especially at this point of his career so what you do you bring in Gio Bernard who has 342 catches in eight seasons and and he's somebody you can plug in on those, you know, situational type things, third down passing situations, and that's just another weapon. So now you've got a very congested running back room with Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, the speecher of the bunch. So that's kind of a thunder and lightning combination between the power guy Fournette and Ronald Jones. And to mix it up, yeah, you throw in Giovanni Bernard. So just another dimension, and Tom Brady only gets richer. You know, this has to be the perfect situation for Kyle Trask second round pick out of Florida uh, backing up Tom Brady, who's obviously planning on having a few more years and to learn under him. Is he is Brady the teacher at this point and willing to teach unlike what we've seen the last two uh, generations in green Bay. I'm not sure if that's, part of Tom's DNA to be a teacher. He's just such a meticulous preparer. And I don't want this to come off as selfish, but Tom spends 24 seven focusing on Tom. He's 44 years old. It's like, I've got to worry about me. Uh, you know, I'm, I don't know how many years I have left and what he does, the way he prepares himself, not only on the football field, but just physically and just mentally with the whole TB12 thing, that's a, that's a full-time job. Now, is he going to brush off Kyle Trask? Of course not. He's, gonna, he's going to um, be there to help him in any way he can. But I don't know if he just really has the time to be a teacher. But if Kyle Trask is in the same room with him on the same practice field every day, simply by osmosis, he's going he's gonna to learn a few things about how to be a professional and how to play the game at the highest level. So I think it's an ideal situation for Kyle Trask. I think he has the ego for what he's walking into. When I say that, this is a guy who was a career backup in high school, backed up a guy named Derek King at his Houston-based high school. And Derek King, as we know, is now the quarterback at the University of Miami. Then he goes to the University of Florida and is a backup there for, for quite a while until an injury finally allows him to, to get his shot and – Kyle Trask took, took the utmost advantage of his shot, flourished, had a record-setting season in 2020. So this is a guy who knows what it's like to let the process play out, to wait your turn and just prepare when it's ready. And that's what he'll do, uh, what he'll do in Tampa. They, the, the big question is, will he be uh, the number two guy or the number three guy going into camp? He'll battle Blaine Gabbert. Bruce Arians likes Blaine Gabbert, likes his arm but he's going to get a push from Kyle Trask. So we'll see going into the season opener if Trask is number two or number three. I know we're 
now, you know, talking about next season and what lies ahead, but just to go back for a minute, because we are talking about the Super Bowl winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So to go back there, leading up to the Super Bowl run and even during, so they faced a couple teams in Green Bay where Bakhtiari was out, their best offensive uh, player probably besides Rodgers. And then you've got in Kansas City in the Super Bowl, they lost their two starting left tackles also. Um, it's a bit of a projection, but do you think Tampa Bay would still have won those games um, in the way that they did, given the injuries to what were key pieces, obviously, to both of those offenses? I think their chances still would have been very good because they got Vita Vea back, the nose guard, who got hurt early in the season in Chicago, broke his ankle, broke his leg. I forgot now the specific injury, but he missed the whole rest of the regular season. And he is just one of those guys who attracts double teams. He's a space eater, and it allows those guys on the edge to play in you know single coverage, for lack of a better term. So when they got Vita back for the playoffs, which kind of sort of was a surprise, that kind of reinvigorated that defense. And I think Vita was a big key for them in Green Bay and against Kansas City because he just consumed so much space and allowed guys like Shaquille Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul to get single blockers on the outside. So, yes, they are cognizant of the fact that they faced um, a very decimated Chiefs offensive line and to a degree a banged up Packers offensive line, but I still would have liked the Bucks' chances in that game because of Bayon. I got to ask you about Gronk. Uh, you know, he hesitated coming back last year. He came back. I think everybody believes he came back because he was going to have a shot of playing with Tom Brady. And um, does this continue this year? I mean, what's his health-wise status? Uh, where, where's he at? I think – Kind of, he's kind of like Bruce Arians. He's kind of reinvigorated. Um, you know, he looked great in the in the preseason camp, and we all know why he left the game a couple of years ago. He put a lot of wear and tear on his body for being 29 or 30 years old. But I, I think the experience in Tampa Bay, the organization has reinvigorated him. I think the weather's reinvigorated him. You know, they he, he and Tom kind of talk about this climate all the time. You know, and you gotta you like know, that tax-free state too. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't you dare underestimate living in a tax income tax free state. That, that's a huge thing. But, you know, I, I think a lot of factors have, have reinvigorated Gronk, who I believe right now is, is 31. He may not, you know, Gronk loves to block. I think that's some that's kind of underappreciated about his game. He, um, he he'll do he wants to get his catches but he kind of thrives on blocking. He, he, he just loves to do that. And now he's got, he'll be complimented by Cameron Bray, a veteran, another veteran tight end, and O.J. Howard, the Bucks' first-round pick from a few years back, missed most of the last season with an injury. He, like week three or four, he went down. He's back. He's healthy again. So, you know, Gronk will be able to, uh, you know, He'll have some company in the room, may not have to put so much wear and tear on his body because there, there are some weapons in that room and that'll free him up to do some things and get a blow every now and then. And let's not to forget, Bob, that he started his offseason one for one in clutch catches of Lombardi trophies thrown from boat to boat. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I think that was Cameron Brake that caught that. Brake. <laughs> yes. 
Great <laughs> said it was the most, we, most critical catch of his life. No doubt. As fans, I guess we see what we want to see. Um, <laughs> so I was surprised in, in getting ready for this, looking at uh, yesterday how Mike Evans has gone now seven straight seasons, the only receiver in NFL history with 1,000 yards. Um, other than sort of, you know, I guess everybody knows the name of Tom Brady and the way he's been playing, especially late in the season. And he, he, he hit a nice stride in the middle part as well. Um, what other players on the offense for Tampa can you see coming up, um, you know, maybe Mike Evans or others who maybe haven't gotten the credit they deserve or notoriety at least, do you see contributing in a, maybe a higher role than what people may think? You know, Chris Godwin, kind of the one-two punch with Mike Evans, they put a franchise tag on him. So this is a big year for him in terms of the future. He's been, he's been kind of a warrior like Mike Evans just plays through pain and just never, never takes a game off, even when it's probably in his best interest to do so. Between those two guys, they had 135 catches last year. So you've got the Godwin-Evans tandem. Antonio Brown is back for a full year. He had a little knee procedure, but he should be fine for training camp. They got him last November. Now, you know, he should have his bearings. He's been in the system long enough to where he can even step up, you know, even a little higher. I think O.J. Howard, I think fans are intrigued to see what O.J. Howard can do. And, with you know, with Tom Brady as his quarterback. And, you know, uh, this may be a guy you, you'll want to watch maybe more on the special team side, but their fourth round pick, Jalen Darden, is just a speed merchant. He was from North Texas, set some records down there. They'll look to him to, uh, you know, return kicks and punts. He'll be a special teams guy, but, you know, they lined him up in the slot minicamp and, man, that guy can burn. So if you're looking for somebody that could, could step out. We talked about Giovanni Bernard. I, I would keep an eye on Jalen Darden, fourth round draft choice. All right. Our guest this week has been Joey Knight, who covers the Tampa Bay Bucks for the Tampa Bay Times. And there you have it, Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast, and now a video cast as well. And you can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lipsum, Odyssey, and wherever you do get your podcast. Now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way right there at the bottom of your screen kramerandbrill.com. For our guest, Joey Knight, my friend and colleague, Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill, and we'll see you next time.